0: It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Fraser and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Good! Good evening. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your hosts, Chucky G and Karen. Oh, oh, well, it's normally Karen Frazier, but she's not here because she has no voice. And I wish her well, and I hope she gets better so she can come back and give me hell. It'll be beautiful. I can give you hell. (laughs) Yes. so for right now, I have Cheryl to give me hell. There you go. Ta-da! Fill in hell, person! There you go. So... (laughs) Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm here. It's cool. We got our guest tonight, which is uh, Peggy McGuire and Nate Geerheiser, investigators with Ohio Ghost Hunters. i said it really cool ohio ghost
1: hunters that's very cool i like that thank you
0: so yes we're going to talk about spirits and investigations and tools and tips of the trade and why you want to do it and yada yada yada. oh i'm excited because you know i'm an investigator so i like to i I haven't investigated in a while so this will be fun i can like live vicariously through them speaking of investigations too aren't you and chad and some other folks going somewhere soon
1: We are. We're going to investigate at Bobby Mackey's Music World in Kentucky.
0: Yes, I wanted to go too. I was invited, folks, but unfortunately I work in retail and poo-poo on them, so I can't go.
1: You know what you're gonna miss out on, Chuck, at Bobby Mackey's Music World?
0: Oh, besides Bob.
1: Besides Bobby Mackey, you're gonna miss out on the portal to hell.
0: Damn it. (laughs) You really need a good portal to hell once in a while. I know, right? I mean, gosh. I'm After actually I,
1: hoping I, to avoid the portal to hell.
0: That's right. I just I just hawked my I am hawking my I want a t shirt for some, so Sharon Chad are going to give me a t-shirt. I'll live <laughs> vicariously for the t-shirt and whatever information they give me when they come back from it. So it'll be cool. So and hello to all the listeners. I'm Mixlr and Tom and Jessica and Bob and whoever else is out there right now. Oh yeah, that's it. So now okay. And Chad, well Chad's here anyways, but it's still Chad. So so there you go. Hopefully more people will come join us. But it's going to be a good show tonight. Uh, I'm doing great. I don't really have any. I don't have any classes going on right now. But my my class did go really well. Went well. They loved it. They liked my humor. They liked what I had to say. One lady actually said it was kind of weird the way she says. She goes, "I love your tongue," and I wasn't really sure how to <laughs> say. i like, "Well, thank you, ma'am." She might have so. been
1: looking for a date. I don't know. <laughs>
0: No, she's married. Oh, so, never like, mind. That. Okay, and all <laughs> the people started laughing in the class. I'm like, I'm just gonna roll right over that. So, yes, I think she meant you know she Take just likes the compliment, Chuck. Yeah, she, yeah, she likes where I came from and <laughs> my mindset stuff. So it went really good, though. I mean, I didn't have a large class; i had about eight people or so. But next time it's gonna be double, and then double, and next year you know, I'll be talking yeah. to ten thousand people. Gonna, Chuck G, ten thousand.
1: a Theater.
0: Hell yeah, I am. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get that word out. We're going to connect people together. We're going to talk about loving everybody. And just, you know, we need to, we Uh, need to change this planet and get it back on track.
1: I like that sound of that.
0: Thank you. So other than that, I mean, uh, you know, I have news tonight and, um, you know, and of course we have the wonderful guests. So, um, hey, let's, let's just roll right into the news. Let's go right into the news because I got stuff. Let's roll it. Just when you thought the world couldn't get any weirder, it's time for news of the strange... Alrighty, we are ready for some news. Okay, okay. not you're not tired of hearing about clowns already in the news, but this one, well, this one caught my eye because the title is Nude Clown Chases Car. So, you know, just when you think just what you think you've heard everything? Oh, no, no. I will find something weirder. Okay, so this comes from the uh, LeafChronicle.com. Stephanie Ingersoll wrote this. Um, a woman was arrested Thursday after numerous witnesses called 911 to report that a partially nude woman wearing clown makeup was chasing cars and jumping in and out of traffic on a county road in Cunningham, Tennessee. That is right. Right out there in Tennessee. Tennessee? By guys. Mm-hmm. Candace A. Corindale, 37, was charged with disorderly conduct, public intoxication, and making non-emergency 911 calls. <laughs> intoxication, surprise there, huh? Okay, according to an arrest warrant, the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office was dispatched to the scene after a series of calls about a white female wearing clown-like makeup, a stocking cap, and was either partially or completely nude that was running up and down Louise Road, chasing cars and jumping out in front of other cars. While a deputy was on the way to the scene, 911 received four calls from her, Crendel herself, in which call takers were berated, threatened, and cursed, the warrant states. When the deputies went to Crendel's home on Louise Louise Road, he found her in a sports bra, pajama-style bottom, a stocking cap, and wearing clown makeup on her face and body. She was also, surprisingly, holding a beer. Brindle first denied being on the road, but later admitted she had been running up and down the road in traffic the Warren states. When asked why she called 911 and berated dispatchers, she said it was because they needed to do their jobs, which I don't really makes any sense because you were calling and they were doing their jobs and reporting you. <laughs> Krenzel was determined to be intoxicated Oh determined to be intoxicated Get out of here And a danger to herself and others And booked into Montgomery County Jail On a $1500 bond So there you go Cheryl Just when you think ahead be scary with clowns It is not scary now
1: And see who like said that. Tennessee wasn't exciting
0: I, I don't know because man you got some crazy clown hey, lady Hey up
1: hey, hey hey Bob, Bob No I'm going to say it's West Tennessee Bob What city was that
0: uh, city It said that? Um, Cunningham Tennessee
1: all right, hang on, hang on a brief second. Uh-oh, Cunningham, I... Tennessee. Oh. I'm She's challenging Bob out. right now. God, I'm probably wrong. Maps, <laughs> Google Maps. All right, uh, Cunningham, um, Tennessee. Where are you in the realm of the
0: state of go. Tennessee? Real of I'm Tennessee. about to
1: get my answer right now.
0: Go, hang on, folks. Oh, no dead air. Oh,
1: oh, oh, oh! It's more towards Bob than me. Oh. Bob, it's on the other side of Nashville, towards you, Bob.
0: It's your neighbor, Bob. Welcome to your neighbor, the crazy clown nude lady. There you go. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> that's pretty funny. I find that extremely amusing. Okay. Good damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Bob. She's just nude. She wasn't like carrying a machete or anything. So don't worry. In fact, she probably offer you a beer. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So next one is... French town bans UFOs. Chad, I like this one. This comes from www.rt.com. This is kind of weird. The town has long refused to lift a ban on UFOs following a mysterious encounter over 60 years ago. Situated in the south of France, 7.5 miles to the north of Avagon, Chateau Neuf-de-Pepier remains remains (laughs) a firm tourist favorite in the region due to its idyllic setting and ruined medieval castle. Ooh. Perhaps the most notable of all things about the town, however, is its bizarre UFO law, which forbids extra, extraterrestrial vehicles from flying overhead or landing within the vicinity. Any aircraft known as flying saucers or flying cigar, which should land on the territory of the county, the community will be immediately held in custody. The law reads, I like to see that happen. You put some handcuffs on aliens. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, It was established in 1954 after a local man reported witnessing two deep sea divers emerging from a cigar shaped spacecraft in the local area. These days, the law is is regarded as most of a lighthearted curiosity than a serious legal restriction, and the mayor refuses to lift it on the basis that it makes a buzz for the town. Even the original implementation of the law was believed to have been a publicity stunt. At the time, people were talking a lot about extraterrestrials and the unknown. It was in fashion, and there were loads of stories circulating. Um, He wanted to make a bit of an advertisement for the town. It was an excellent publicity stunt and free. So, to this day, the town still keeps the law, and they are not going to change it anytime soon. So, there you go. How do you like that one?
1: I say, go, E.T.
0: Yeah. They're going <laughs> to land down there. Okay, freeze. Get, in there. Get the handcuffs out. And they pull the lace beam out and go, and that's yeah. it. Right. You lose. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. That's kind of weird. So. Um, so, and then the last one I have, though, um, okay. this one's kind of long. This one kind of has to do with, um, you know, we have our topic tonight, which is, you know, investigations or ghost hunters, spirits, whatever you want to call them. I prefer spirits, but, mm-hmm. you know, this one's called Ghosts at Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska. So it comes from Omaha.com. So this is basically just a story of some of the stuff that happens there. And it's kind of cool, and, you know, slightly creepy because okay. it's you when you can't see things that are happening. Yeah. As an investigator, even though I find it uh, uh, exhilarating and, and thrilling, it still can be a little off-putting, you know, when you can't see things if they're coming at you or making noises and startling Because, I mean, any, any person who does investigations and says, I never get startled, is lying. Because it's going to happen to anybody, you know, if you don't yeah, expect right. pop-up, you know what yeah. I mean? Come on, people could do that to you. So. And, you and, and you can see them, so. All right, so here we go. Dark figures and rafters, others disappearing and walking through locked doors, and the distinct smell of cigar smoke. These are just a few of the reported ghostly happenings at Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska. A number of buildings have a rich history. Among them is Building D, the former Martin plant, where a number of World War II bombers, including the Enola Gay, were assembled. The building now houses a number of different squadrons and agencies at Offutt. Mike Little, who works at Building D with the 55th Support Squadron, says he hasn't had many spooky experiences at Building D, but he has had a few. Sometimes we would have things at night, you know, education and training in some of the classrooms, and so I would be walking around down there. He says, little says of the lower level of the building where the education and training center was formerly located. He says that often he would hear something walking behind him, the sounds, of scuffling of shoes. Several times, something about it bothered me, and I would stop to look back, and there was no one there. Though little said his own experiences could be chalked up to nerves, others have reported seeing figures in a number of different areas. In 1943, three crewmen on a test drive of a B 25 Mitchell bomber were killed when the bomber crashed to the roof of a building while on a test drive. A fourth crewman was critically injured. People have reported seeing shapes walking around in the rafters, he said. They're shaped like people, but they're mostly like these dark shapes. Aside from dark figures, many have reported seeing buildings in odd looking uniforms walking past them, seeing people in odd looking uniforms walking past them in the buildings. We have a lot of different uniforms here at Offutt. We've got Army, Marines, Navy, even foreign military. It's not uncommon to see a strange uniform. But in some cases, people will say something about the uniform strikes them as odd. And they turn around to say something, ask them what they are doing, and they're gone. Building D has a number of tunnels underneath it now abandoned and sealed off. Those are always creepy to me. Mm-hmm. One of the tunnels reportedly connects to another building rumored to be the be haunted. General Curtis E. Limes' former office, now home to the base's legal offices. Master Sergeant Rosie Bevel, who has worked in the building for the last six years, says she has noticed a few constant odd things. I've smelled the c- cigar smoke in the stairwells. Rumors of the smell of cigar smoke have been circulating for years. General LeMay was known as an avid cigar smoker who enjoyed many puffs in that very building. The toilets on the second floor can often be heard flushing on their own in the men's room. It's always been at night when I'm by myself, she says. My kids notice as well their censored toilets, but it's just weird. Aside from this consistencies, Bevel has also had a couple of unexplained experiences. I was sitting down. We were putting doing some entry control point, which is where we monitor people entering the building. There were some people in the conference room behind me, and they had closed the door. I heard the door open and turned around. I was expecting them to come out but they didn't, though I had opened the door. She hadn't, and she said the door had not opened all the way, but was left partially open by itself. You just get this weird feeling. It was the strangest thing. Another incident occurred as her and a colleague were leaving the building around 8 or 9 o'clock at night. There was a sign hanging in one of the halls, just swinging back and forth like someone had hit it. We chalked it up to a breeze or something. A number of strange happenings have also rumored to have taken place in the communications building, now home to the 55th communications group. The building is a former base hospital built in 1950 when the Fort Crooked Hospital was torn down to make room for building D. It was primarily one incident that I had worked there in the communications building, said Donna Rush. I was in the building by myself. The building was pitch dark except for a little, a little light in the office. I was on my way back from the ladies' room. I turned to my right and looked down the hall. The exit signs kind of illuminated the path. At the very end of the hallway, I saw a figure come out of the office door and go across the hall to another door. I thought it looked like a younger person in a night skirt. I turned around and kind of blinked my eyes and saw the same figure come from the door and it went back across to the other door. All doors were locked. It had heard the stories before, but she goes, when I saw the figure, I found it very odd. So, these are just some of the stories from Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska. I would like to go there and check these out, but you know, it's government, so you're not going to be able to just go in there yeah. and say, hey, this is an investigation. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, uh, wow.
1: That's a, that's a lot going on at that site. And frankly, I'm not surprised.
0: So there you go. You have apparitions, you have sounds, you have the, you know, things moving and swinging. So you don't know if there's breezes and stuff. You you know, you need to look into all the claims, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a government base and most of these people are, you know, semi, you know, uh, reliable sources. So, you know, when they start coming up and saying stuff, well, you know, there you have it. So, um, that is the news for this evening. We still have a few minutes, so we're just going to chit chat a little bit. So what... I'd like to ask since you're gonna go on this investigation, we are in like, you know, investigation spirit mode tonight. Yes, um, what would you like to experience at Bob Mackey's? If you like if you had something to you know in a in a in a good way experience, what would you like to get out of it or experience?
1: Well, that's a great question. Um I haven't done a whole lot of paranormal investigation, to be honest. And okay. what I have done has been At at these types of sites, like Waverly Hills Sanatorium, the Queen Anne Hotel, Hotel Alex Johnson, just ones that we've gone to on our own and Mm -hmm. and decided to investigate. So I, I have never done any, quote unquote, professional paranormal investigation. So what I do is I like to go in and kind of check out the site. I usually know a little bit about each site. And so I am familiar with some of the stories surrounding the paranormal activity, Mm -hmm. But I do like to do a little experimentation with trying to capture EVPs. Okay. Trying to take some photographs and see what can be caught, perhaps, in that. Okay. And then we do we do video recordings as well. A little bit less of that than the other two. And then just to kind of like sit back and feel the environment. I'm not psychic, but I just like to see, you know, do you sense anything maybe? Do, right. You know, what's going right. on around you? Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what what we do when we go to places like that.
0: Well, I mean, everybody has... The, the innate ability to be sensitive, empathic to an extent, because mm-hmm. that's all like, you know, like when we talk about listening to your inner voice and we're doing right. talks like that, you do have this innate ability to know where you should go, what you shouldn't go and what you can be picking up on. So. Right, um right. And you, when you went to Waverly, you said you were, you, you got sick, right? Have you, like when you go to different places, have you always gotten sick at all the different locations or was that just the one that?
1: No, I haven't. I, um, you know, I've, we've, we've taken the Queen Mary, you know, tour investigations and, and done different things like that, you know, at, oh, the Whaley house in San Diego, taking little Mm -hmm. tours and stuff. And I've never gotten sick like that before. When we invested, investigated Waverly Mm -hmm. also in Kentucky, it was supposed to be an eight hour investigation. So it was going to be an intense night. It was pretty darn hot and humid there. I was trying to drink a lot of water because I do tend to get dehydrated in those mm-hmm. circumstances. So I was prepared. Mm-hmm. But that didn't stop me from getting pretty much violently ill halfway through the night. You know, I made it in about four hours and just got horribly ill and had to go rest in the in the gift shop for the rest of the four (laughs) hours and wait for it to finish so in other
0: words it could have been environmental and i'm gonna say for one
1: it could very well have been environmental one reason why i don't think it i think it might have not been and it might have been the actual paranormal like residual stuff going on there possibly was the fact that we stepped off the property literally off the property and I was 100% fine. And mm-hmm. I was really ill. Yeah. yeah, physically ill. Also, I had a bad migraine all of a sudden. It was really bad. And so, yeah. the minute you step off, you're all of a sudden okay. That's a little strange to me.
0: Not gonna yeah. say
1: it was the environment, the paranormal stuff affecting me, but I think it might have been.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's why you always want to make sure that you're you do some kind of protection before you go yeah, into I, anything. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and you want to, you know, no. you just want to be safe. I mean, you know, better safe than sorry. Even if you go, yeah, you know, whatever. You know, what's it going to hurt to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Yeah, and I see. Also, we have a correspondent tonight. Uh, Maria Anna Vandriel mm-hmm. um, has a case in Germany of poltergeists. So that's going to be. So we're oh, we're just like a yeah. spirit show tonight
1: yeah and Maria, Maria's Maria's correspondent Simmons are outstanding. I love Maria. Yes. she really gets in tune with her surroundings and she mm-hmm. does a good job of explaining what's going on around her and she I love really, her German accent oh, too yeah, it's like it's crazy. Awesome. She delves into the subject um, fully. It's mm-hmm. very entertaining and educational at the same time. so I, I think Maria, uh, and our other correspondents a lot for doing these because we really appreciate it. And they're sharing their knowledge and their experiences and you can't get any better than that.
0: So. Well yeah, it's not like, you know, I'm gonna go pop over to Germany to find out what's going on. <laughs> so it's nice it's nice to have people that are like Nicole and you know, William Becker and you know all the different people that do the uh, the, the different things for us. It's it's cool to get from different areas what's going on in these areas, you know. Sometimes yeah. there's commonalities and sometimes not at right. all. So but and all right, well, it, yeah, real okay. quick, real uh, quick before yeah. we
1: go to to break to call our yes. guests um, from Ohio Ghost Hunters, which I'm really yes. excited about. If any of our listeners are interested in being correspondents, um, just email me at editor at editor@paranormalunderground.net and let me know. We're always open to new correspondents, and that would entail you either visiting a location and you know talking about it. You mm-hmm. can just record from your home and talk about a cool subject that you love. That involves you know ghosts or aliens or cryptids or whatever so yeah let us know
0: there you go okay so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna take a break then we're gonna come back and talk to our guests peggy McGuire and nate gearheiser from the ohio ghost hunter so right now we're gonna go bye-bye this is paranormal underground uh radio in the dark you're listening to chucky g and of course cheryl wilson knight on mix lr we shall be right back <laughs>
2: Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine.
0: And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal
2: Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites, to ufology, to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals in herbology, and much, much more, visit paranormalunderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today.
3: Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today.
4: Global Secret Society, What Imprisons Your Overall Freedom, Dismissed as a Conspiracy. Mind Controlling Technology, Dismissed as Science Fiction. Evolutions in Primal Energies, Ghostly Apparitions, UFO and extraterrestrial Life Forms, Dismissed as a Fantasy. Three Books, Written by Maria Anna van Driel. Telling you everything what can be known by revealing the truth of the most unbelievable actions governments have made in the last eight decades in mind and behavior control.
2: Hey, great t-shirt. I've heard of that place. It's really supposed to be haunted. You wear such cool t-shirts. You must have been what, to every haunted spot in the country? Well,
0: not really. I'm a member of HauntedShirtClub.com. I get a great T-shirt from a different haunted place every month, along with an info card with photos and stories and more. I can hardly wait to open it every month. Wow, I have to check that out.
2: HauntedShirtClub.com, right? Yep, that's it.
5: Join me at the Big Seance Podcast. I'm Patrick Keller of BigSeance.com, and this is a place for an open discussion on all things paranormal, but specifically topics like ghosts and hauntings, paranormal research, spirit communication, psychics and mediums, and life after death. The candles are already lit, so you might as well come on in and join the Big Seance Podcast.
3: Hey everyone, this is Winter Balefire. If you share in my love for the macabre and bizarre, please check out my website, winterbalefire.com. There you'll find some of my dark poetry, short stories, and blogs on the paranormal and occult. I'm also active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the name Winter Balefire. Thanks, hope to see you guys soon.
0: So you're looking for the best in Paranormal Radio. Well, you just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained.
3: That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal, and along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well.
0: So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. All righty, we are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your host. It's just me, Chucky G, right now. So, um, but Cheryl's been kind of filling in for me tonight. Our guests are Peggy McGuire and Nate Geerheiser, investigators with Ohio Ghost Hunters. Did you like how I said that, guys? Welcome to the show, by the way.
5: That was awesome. Good introduction. I approve. Well, I, well,
0: <laughs> I approve this message. <laughs> I eight your highs there. All right. Thank you, sir. So tonight we're going to talk spirits. We're going to talk about the Ohio ghost hunters. We're going to talk about mytholo- mythology, method methodology, um, equipment, you know, the normal stuff, but you know, and sometimes I'll probably throw in a question you haven't had before. So we'll try to, we'll try to do that too. So, but for right now, I'd like to get a little background on each of you so people know who you are. So, Let's start with ladies first. So Peggy, can you tell me a little about about who you are, why you got into the paranormal? And I know that you are the founder of such a wonderful thing called the Ohio Ghost Hunter. So just give us a little background on you.
6: Thank you. Yes. I am by trade. Uh, I have degrees in both nursing and law. And so it comes in quite handy when we are investigating. Mm -hmm. Um. And we can talk some more about that in a little bit. But starting out in nursing, I had experiences that were really rather strange and began to be open to the thought of paranormal activities. Of course, the ghost shows didn't introduce me to the paranormal, but it made me feel like it was okay and not weird to like that kind of stuff. And (laughs) I've been investigating... For about six or seven years, uh, very uh, heavily, and a little bit uh, here and there before that. So I still learn. I think mm-hmm. we're always learning, and the more that we see, it, I'm still amazed by all we all we learn.
0: Yeah, that's true. You never you never really get over like you're thinking. Yeah, I've seen it all, and all of a sudden something happens. To you go, okay, I've never seen that before. That's interesting. <laughs> so yeah, that that does happen. So how did um? So how did you? I mean, did you start off investigating on your own? You know, like, I mean, when I was an investigator in the, um, we'll go back and tell you how old I am, in the 80s. And, you know, running around with like a cassette recorder and a pad of paper and a pen and, you know, flashlight stuff. um, Did you start off by yourself or have you just always just said, you know what, I'm going to start a team. And then that's how you went about it.
6: I started with a couple of really close friends just for fun. I then, uh, eventually relocated to Charleston, South Carolina for about a year, a very, very haunted place to live. It's a beautiful place. And there is a fabulous team there in South Carolina. Um, and I joined them and that was my first formal situation where people would contact a team and say, Hey, we need help. Mm -hmm. Um, so that really set a good role model. I've Taken what I learned from that. uh, It did come back to Ohio. And Nate and I were on a team that eventually decided to close its doors. But just because they were done, we really didn't feel like we were done with this quest. And so I then decided one night. Um, I'm going to start my own team, and I had a website up and running by the next day. Mm-hmm. And by the end of that weekend, we had 1,000 likes on Facebook, and it's just been growing, growing, growing ever since.
0: Okay, cool. All right, so Nate, I'm going to throw the same, you know, kind of questions out at you. Like, what, what got you into the field? Um, how did you go about it? And um, and you know, kind of the why and how, I guess.
5: Sure. Uh, my story is a little bit started a little bit earlier in my life. Um, I had my first paranormal experience when I was a child um, that I can touch on a little bit later, but I grew up in what I would classify as a Holy roller family, um, big evangelical family that was big into um, what's known as uh, discernment of spirits and spiritual warfare and everything like that. So I was kind of brought up in that faith tradition as a child. And then as a teenager and an adult, my father, did a lot of house cleansings and um he was called upon by like the various churches that we attended to kind of help discern if we if there was like any kind of spiritual entities that needed dealt with and so he also got started in ghost hunting when i was 15 years old um so me and i started basically with my father um at the age of 15 of just investigating haunted places around ohio Mm -hmm. and ever since that time i've just kind of had an interest in uh paranormal investigating ever since. So it's been my goal to bring legitimacy um, to, this, to the paranormal field and just kind of seek new ways to get concrete, concrete evidence. And that's what I really like working with Peggy is that we both work really well together to kind of uh, bring the paranormal community forward and okay. to kind of progress.
0: Mm -hmm. So you said, you said you had a a child experience. So I want to know about this. What, what kind of, what experience is what connected you to the field?
5: Well, I always tell people that if I hadn't had this experience, I would be continuously doubting myself and the experiences that I had with the paranormal. And I think that's this experience that I had as a child was so surreal and so unreal that I don't, I still, to this day, question it but i was a child of about five or six years old and i used to be the child that would hide under the covers and i would leave that little little air hole in between (laughs) like you know where the you know where my blanket was i would breathe out of it because like i would suffocate myself otherwise anyways i I digress Mm -hmm. i woke up in the middle of the night and my covers were up against the wall on the other side of the room and i woke up and I saw, standing in my doorway, completely still, this monstrous figure. It was black, and it had yellow glowing eyes, and it was almost like it was backlit with just this light. And I can't really explain it, but I can tell you that I was absolutely terrified. And I can tell you that I was not dreaming, because I was panicked, and it was all very, very real. Somehow, I gathered up the courage to... Grab my blankets on the other side of the room that were about you know six or eight feet away, and run back to my bed and just hide under my covers. And I eventually fell asleep again. And I woke up and it was gone. And I just remember being so scared that I couldn't speak. I could, it took everything that that was in me to just like grab my blankets and hide. Mm-hmm. And I just woke up just completely bereft. I was just terrified. And um, my my parents ended up consoling me, and I moved past it. But. I think if I hadn't had such a surreal experience, I would question myself every day in my deep interest in the paranormal.
0: Mm-hmm. And you would think that would be funny too, because like when I was a child, I was afraid of the dark, which is funny because my team in the dark investigations is kind of like a play on all of it. Yeah. But it's like, um, you would think that that would deter you, not draw you in. You know what I mean? You'd be like, well, there's no way that I want to experience that or ever again, you know what I mean? Or get connected. Yeah. But it's usually like the exact opposite. It makes you go, okay, how in the heck is that even possible, you know, because, you know, we're all we're all pre uh, we have this preconceived notion of what things are supposed to be like, because, you know, the, the culture and and, the, and our families well and most some of our families and people that we know, they're always saying, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be. Then you start noticing that it's not really quite all everything, you know, everything that everybody has to say about it. You know, that's it's totally a whole different world out there, you know, so. So. Exactly. So you guys, okay, so then you two got got together because of this other team was going, uh, was, was breaking up. So you guys said, hey, we're going to get together and we're going to do this. So, yep. Okay, so then you get together and do this. Now, um, is there, uh, f- before we get into the rest of the team, is there like specific, uh, or, like, you know, Peggy, are you like the lead investigator and then Nate, or, you know, what are your roles in the team?
6: My role is the director, but um, Nate is also a co-director. Okay. And as far as uh, being lead investigator, yes, if ever I'm on investigations, I would be the lead. We certainly have other people on the team that serve as leads. Mm-hmm. I would say that my forte, if you will, mm-hmm. is that of an EVP specialist. I Thank attract you. them like uh fireflies to a lantern um, (laughs) it's pretty
0: cool cool and then nate where would you would you where would you fall into that category oh gosh um kind of the jack of all trades (laughs) um
5: i i do co-direct with peggy and i help her out as much as i can Mm -hmm. and i all i am also a lead investigator um i also take the time to educate and kind of promote growth with um, some of the newbies that come to our groups and Mm -hmm. to make sure that they are experienced enough and gain the level of professionalism that we um, hold all of our investigators to when they're in the field.
0: So normally how many people do you have? I mean, at one time on the the team, you know, I mean, or how many do you, all right, so let's say how many people do you have on the team and then does that whole team go to every investigation or do you break it down? So it's in smaller uh, increments.
6: Oh, gosh, we've got 30 team members, um, but no, not all 30 would go unless yeah. we're having a special public event. We had mm-hmm. had three of them in uh, October, and many of the team members went to uh, w- at least one or two of those, um, if not more. Mm-hmm. But our size, who is at the site, will depend on the size of the premises, where we're going because too many people, you know, you get mm-hmm. contamination. Yep. But we also want a complement of abilities, so okay. we have a, a significant level of psychic medium, is what mm-hmm. the public would, would say. Our team they like to they like to be called sensitives. Mm-hmm. We'll a little more accurate terminology. Um, we've got a couple of skeptics. And then those of us who are more the equipment uh, techie kind of people in some fashion.
0: Okay. All right, so you do have like a, a good mix of uh, the metaphysical and then the, the standardized you know equipment people and stuff like the text and stuff like that. So Absolutely. So how do you how do you find? That how, how do you find that that works? Does it meld good together? Do you use old school techniques as per, as far as the sensitives, if they want to be called that, and then you know the people who use the tech, which is the new hardware that we have available to us now? Do you meld the two together, or do the, the do the sensitives just use their abilities? I mean, how does that all work?
5: We usually have a really diverse team at all times. Um, currently we're really heavy on the, you know, sensitive side and we're looking for more skeptics um, that are truly skeptical. We want people that are asking questions. We want people that are just kind of ruling stuff out and being scientific about the process that we're going through. So if we're going on a standard investigation, we're going to have the lead investigator who kind of organizes everything and directs the process. And then we'll have usually somebody who is in charge of tech and is like responsible for the recording and the collection of data. And then we'll have somebody who is a sensitive who will Mm -hmm. kind of initially go through the house or go through the the place that we're going through this is the way i do it um some Mm -hmm. some of the other sensitives in our groups have a different process but walk through gain your impression without talking to anybody going in Mm -hmm. and i usually will write my thoughts down in a notebook Mm -hmm. i will write them down and then i will close the notebook and then we'll have the lead investigator or the case manager come in and kind of explain You know the situation, or explain the story. So we kind of have our sensitives, not not gain any knowledge or insight into the case at hand. We just kind of show up. So that way, when they're explaining the story, I I go okay, and I open my notebook and I said, this is what I this is what I have picked up, and this is what kind of matched up with your story. We try not to make any kind of like big assumptions, or kind of make like some kind of loose connection, like oh. You know, I saw the color blue and this happened to be blue or, you know, we try to be as concrete as possible. And so to back up the subjective information from our sensitives with the with EVPs or with collecting photographic evidence or video evidence, it's kind Mm -hmm. of like a nice meld between um, the metaphysical and the scientific. We always aim to add legitimacy to what we do. And Mm -hmm. that's through just standardized processes, being professional and gathering concrete data
0: hmm uh-huh. Now, I'm assuming you do, you know, your research, too, and you you, you delve into the, the information uh, from a viewpoint of, you know, even when, you know, you, get, you have claims in an in, in investigation, okay? People are going to say, this is what happened. Uh, I think it's because I heard this person lived here and died here 20 years ago, blah, blah, blah. Then you go and you actually start doing your research. Of course, you can find out half the time that that doesn't even match to what the claims or the people are saying. So do you go, like, and do your history research and, and and background on the land, the people, all that kind of stuff. And then kind of like add that to your list of the, the arsenal, as you put it, you know, with your, you know, your feelings and your intuition. And then, um, you know, the claims and stories, you kind of meld all of them together.
6: We usually don't share that information with the team on mm-hmm. purpose because okay. we don't want anything to, um, be influential in what we might interpret some potential evidence to be. So usually it's either the case manager or myself or the lead investigator that will do that kind of a workup. And then it just gets submitted to the client as some background history and then as we can tie stuff in based on evidence we have received
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, we will then meld that together yeah
0: so then do you do, do you do the, so then do you use like your case manager or whoever it might be to you know when you want to do your setup of your equipment so you can you know of course you try to hit the the areas that have more events than others or more activity than others though it can always change but you still want to have some kind of basis where you start um do you is, is that how that works now like the case manager or just certain people know let's just set up in here and then you don't give out too much and then you just kind of go with it that way is that how it works
6: uh, yes, the, it's actually the lead investigator because yeah. the lead investigator will know ahead of time what those concerns are that the client has reached out to us. And we're, okay. we're heavily, um, busy with private residential cases. It, it's amazing to me. This is one of those things that I've learned along the way. How many people are affected by living in what is, um, a potentially haunted home, mm-hmm. and they feel like they're all alone, or, you know, is this really am I yes. my mind? Yes. And, and I can, you know, we can tell them, oh, gosh, we, you know, we were just in your area uh, about last month. Seeing <laughs> so, Yeah, it's, you're not alone.
5: Okay. But something that we also take into consideration before we go into a home is stuff that's a little bit more personal as well. Um, if you have somebody who's saying, I keep seeing things and there's all this stuff happening around me, we have a case manager who is very confidential with them, but is like, okay, is there a medical history here? Is there a mental health history okay. here? Do we have substance use problems? Like, some, we, we, need, we need to rule out as much stuff as we can in the beginning so mm-hmm. that we're not wasting our time.
0: Yeah, that's that's how we do it, too. We have like a long list of questions, some kind of get a little personal. But, yeah, you want to know the people that you're dealing with that are, you're walking into at home, not only for their for the purpose for them, but it's also for the safety for your team, you know, because you don't know what you could be walking into, too. So um, it's, it's always a good rule of thumb to do that. So, all right. So um, and you say, do you do all residential or do you do other uh, venues as well?
6: Oh, we do other venues, too it's just that residential is the primary but we've certainly done businesses mm-hmm. um investigations have included <clears throat> historic a historical village mm-hmm. a navy ship mm-hmm. um even a state park in Indiana That really? was incredible mm-hmm. okay
0: all right state park i'm writing that down cuz i'm going to ask some questions about that a little bit all right so um how, how do you, okay, so when you go in and you're doing an investigation, I would assume that, um, well, I, I guess I could assume, but I'll ask. Uh, do you go in and gather all your data first, like baselines um, for EMF, uh, temperature, you know, all that? Do you, do you build up like a, a log for all the information so you have like a baseline to work with when you go into either any, in any location? Uh,
6: Nate, do you want to answer that one?
5: oh sure absolutely we usually go ahead and do a basic emf sweep i'm a big stickler for everybody like put your phones in airplane mode (laughs) (laughs) yes
0: (laughs) definitely yes
5: i remember the one time that i looked real stupid when i had my cell phone out recording emf and i was like oh my god it's in the red this is so awesome and one of my friends went do you have your cell phone on like is do we have a wireless signal going in and out i went yeah, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that looks like Ghost Hunting 101. Turn your cell phones off. Um, and also try to see if there's any wireless signals in the area, any kind of exposed wiring. Just going through and doing a general sweep from like the top to the bottom of the floors. And just seeing any kind of potential environmental causes, such yes. as, like, do we have any windows open Um, Do we have a noisy, do we have noisy plumbing? Do we have a noisy air conditioner or a furnace? And um, also making sure that it's just environmentally safe. There are some people that I've asked, like, are you sure you don't have just like mold problems in the house or maybe a gas leak or maybe carbon monoxide issues? You have to be very, very scientific about it. And you have to rule that all out first because it's just, it's so multifactorial. You have to rule out the obvious first before yeah. you start getting into anything paranormal. And I think that once I get past like the natural explanations that I get very excited if you still get evidence <laughs> that happens. That's what I live for. And that's what I still do this for.
0: Yeah, we do. We, we use like carbon monoxide detectors when we go in to check, you know, the furnace areas and stuff like that. Um, Cause it's a good uh, rule of thumb to make sure. And then plus we also always check the out the exterior of wherever we're at too because you can have uh emf within the ground you know you can have you know if you get running water or lakes or rivers nearby or you know whatever kind of foundation the house is built on so yeah there's a lot of people don't understand there's a lot of factors to um uh before you just walk in and go okay let's just start looking for ghosts you know what i mean you gotta <laughs> you gotta go in right. there with uh, you know the, the the wise idea so um okay so let's talk about some let's talk about some uh, first i i want to ask a question um so and this is a question I like to ask uh, investigators. So as a, as a whole and, and I'm talking residential, business whatever, what is the purpose of what you are doing? Uh, I think
5: uh, we I think we both have different a uh, different idea of what our purpose okay. is, but Peggy, I'll right, let we'll, you go first. Yeah,
0: go ahead Peggy.
6: So um, I'm committed with this team to help resolve to the best that we can. haunting we've heard from clients who've had other individuals to their home but they never hear back from them and or they'll be there for a couple hours and leave because they get afraid or (laughs) something and so that doesn't help the client who's reached out to have assistance so we're, we're very much resolution oriented and that resolution has to be based on three things Okay. And that is what's in the house, what's in the house, and what are the spiritual beliefs of the client. And so the spiritual beliefs of the client is self obvious. I mean, if there's someone who doesn't believe in, uh, for example, you know, they have no religious spiritual belief, then saying, please uh, repeat these prayers is not going to be effective for them. Correct. As far as what's in the house, and what's in the house, first off, what's in the house? Where are we finding entity-wise, spirit-wise, what is in the house? And then also, in doing our walkabout when we first arrive, we're very careful to look for things that can contribute to the paranormal uh, activity. And so, as Nate mentioned, are there exposed wires Are there old wires, but also are there things like uh, a pentagram drawn on the basement wall? We've seen that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We had a gargoyle from uh, Eastern Europe that was hundreds of years old. And I think something came along with it when the client brought it back from their vacation. Mm -hmm. Things like that can really attract spirit activity
0: to Okay. And Nate, how would you, how would you answer that question?
5: I think mine is twofold. Mine is to number one, to help people who are in need and who need resolution, um, who are being terrorized in their own homes and their own lives by stuff that we would consider, you know, spiritual hauntings. Mm -hmm. Um, And the second is because I am seeking answers. Um, I call myself highly spiritual, deeply skeptical. That's my little slogan. Like yes, I saw that in, Yeah. it's insert insert trademark here. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I want you to explain that because I saw that. I'm like, that's kind of interesting statement. So go ahead.
5: I have a deep spiritual connection. I grew up in a very spiritual family and I have had my own spiritual growth and came to conclusions about religion and God and spirituality on my own. Um, but at the same time I'm also a very scientific person i 'm a nurse as well, um, and I have to lead my practice based upon the best evidence that is out there to treat my patients, like what does the literature say what are the what does the research and the evidence have to say about you know the treatment that i 'm giving my patient or how i you know how i 'm going to develop their plan of care mm-hmm. and I want to seek evidence based scientific answers. For the paranormal. And I, and I fully believe that sometime from now, whether it's decades or a century or two, that we are going to find an explanation for, you know, for the paranormal. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's like, you know, what is it, like some uh, theoretical physics already have some theories out there about multidimensionality and, you know, just yeah, showing ways to measure the spirit world or what right. we call the spirit world now. Mm -hmm. that runs right alongside ours. So I think that the methods that we have now to measure what we believe is the spirit world is a good start, but I think that we have a long way to go um, as far as collecting a lot of empirical data and um, developing just tried and true methods. I think that there are a lot of different methods that are out there that people believe to be true, but we need to get solid evidence in order to legitimize the paranormal community.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find that repetitiveness and, you know, going over something over and over and then collecting that data and then looking at it as a whole and saying, okay, when this happens at this particular time on these particular conditions, this is what's happening all the time. So maybe there's some correlation to this, you know, you know, environmentally uh, versus just spiritually um, along uh, along those lines. There's also like. Um, I don't know how you guys go about investigating, so I'm going to ask this in just the way that's how we, how my, my team does it. We will go in, you know, and you want to go in looking and using your equipment and stuff, but there's a lot of time where you have to back, back off a bit and just sit down and relax and take in the environment and allow things to happen naturally. How do you guys, do you guys do the same? Do you do it differently? Are you always on? I mean, how, how do you go about that? Go ahead, Peggy. <laughs> Peggy.
5: Now I
6: was going to say that's a great question for Nate. Um, well, okay, oh, gosh. <laughs> and then I'll hand it off to you. Sure. Um, yes, we. You know, we're always self-evaluating, and uh, so we 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 do gear up and use our equipment uh, after our initial walkthrough, but sometimes there's great value in just sitting and being quiet. You don't have to ask a question every 15 to 30 seconds. That's
0: true. Yes. Yes. um,
6: Especially if you have a potentially more timid type of spirit, Mm -hmm. they may need to feel comfortable with you before they start to show themselves or communicate themselves to you. Um, As far as going in and just taking in the environment, um, I think that's really an approach that Nate uh, thrives with and does well with as part of his technique,
0: okay. Nate, you want to talk about that a little bit?
5: I'm always kind of bashful to talk about it., um, but I'll go ahead and let you know because I am so, I am my own I am my own worst enemy, and uh-huh. I am my own like my own skeptic, like whenever. I'm giving my impression of what I'm picking up on. I always have this voice in the back of my head, like, A, this is either true, or B, you're flipping crazy, and you're just making (laughs) stuff up in your head, and this is all your imagination. So I constantly battle with that. And recently, um, well, not recently, within the past year or so, I've been really able to just trust my instinct and to kind of find an explanation for myself, like, what people would consider being sensitive or psychic is maybe... People have this inherent ability, maybe it's genetic, to pick up on the energy around them and Mm -hmm. to perceive these. And I think that we have to be so careful um, with the subjective information that we pick up because I honestly believe there are a lot of charlatans out there. And there are a lot of people that prey on people who are desperate and in need and scared and take their money Or they do it just for fame and notoriety, which I am totally not about. I never charge for the things that we do. We never charge for the things that we do. And I'm never looking for, you know, for fame or glory, you know. But anyways, I digress. Um, What I do in any situation is I clear my mind. Um, I sit down and I just kind of open the airways, so to say. And I just call it deep listening. Mm -hmm. And... Listening to the world around me and kind of just picking up on what I'm getting, I tell people that it's like somebody has the remote to the t v mm-hmm. and they're flipping through it real fast, and it's channel 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 channel, you know, and there's different there's different stations going on, and there's different things that are coming through, and then I'll get something really, really bold and really succinct that will tell me you know, what I'm picking up on. And I've had stuff that has just like totally wigged me out. I'm like, really, are you sure this is true? Did I pick up on this, really? Like stuff that just baffles me. Like for mm-hmm. instance, we were at Lincoln County Jail a few years ago. It was actually our first big public haunt that we had, uh, ghost hunt, I should say, okay. and I w- we were in the basement of this old jail, creepy as hell, and it's dark, and we've got, you know, a, a lot of people around us, and we're just kind of asking questions and doing an EVP session, and in my head, I pick up on growling. Like, I hear, like, this wolf growling, or this dog growling, and I go, guys, I'm picking up on growling, and then if you listen to the EVP, what do you hear? Growling. And I went, no way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this is and i and so i'm always in this state of self doubt and i think that it's i think that we all should have a healthy amount of skepticism towards ourselves oh, because yeah. i think that it can lead to a healthy amount of improvement and just you know constantly checking yourself and make sure that you're not giving way to just you know mania or like people being hyped up you know oh oh they're here they're here like i remember i always make fun of this one person who i don't think was very illegitimate, they would walk in and it was like they went to like a bad acting class and they went, they're here. (laughs) (laughs) The spirits are with us. And I just kind of went, you're making us look bad, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I think, and and it's true that what you said, because, you know, I'm i I'm a psychic medium and it it is exactly like that. It's like a hundred miles an hour, just stuff coming through and you're trying to discern what what you should say, what you shouldn't say, what actually makes any sense. And of course I've learned not to interpret, just put it out there. Um, And then, uh, but having that bit of, I guess you would call it skepticism or whatever, um, or that, you know, like I do the same thing. I go, really, that was really true. What I just said, really? Mm-hmm. So that's good because it keeps, it keeps your ego in check and it keeps it real. You stay humble to the gift that you're given and use it for the right purpose and it will be fine. It's when you start to abuse that or think that you're above it or it is you, that's when it becomes an issue. So yeah, I, I agree 100 percent with you.
5: I couldn't agree more. And thank you. It it just really it's just really disappointing to see people that let their ego, um, really get the best of them. I think that mm-hmm. there was a recent paranormal celebrity in recent events who, let his ego get away with him. <laughs>
0: yep. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a few of those. But um, yeah. All right. So let's talk about cases. Um, since um, uh, Peggy, I think you brought up the state park, right? Is that yeah. what you? Which yeah. state park was that? Now?
6: It's in West Lafayette, Indiana, halfway between Indianapolis and Chicago, and it's Prophetstown State Park.
0: Okay, so why don't you lead in and tell us a little bit about this case and what made it so darn interesting?
6: Okay, well, I would last summer, like a year plus ago summer, I would have to cover Chicago. I'd leave early Monday Drive from Columbus, Ohio to Chicago, work for the week, come back Friday. So twice a week, I would pass the exit for Prophetstown, And I wonder, well, what the heck is Prophetstown? And mm-hmm. one weekend, I spent a little time reading about the history. I'm a big history buff. Love it, love it, love it. And it was such a significant place in especially Native American history. It was um, back in the uh, 1800s, very early 1800s, where all of these tribes sent representatives and it was kind of like their version of our Washington, D.C. And this is where the Battle of Tippecanoe happened just right down the road. So I thought, you know, I'm going to go in and and just see this fabulous uh, landmark. And it's a state park built all around this. And when I went in there, now I'm not sensitive to the extent Nate and many of our other mediums are, but I, I have a developing sensitivity mm-hmm. and just the energy in that place was off the wall. I just impromptu did a periscope session on an observation deck and there was so much activity in the course of about five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, prom- I promised I'd come back. So Our team made it into an official event. We called it para-camping because they have a campsite on ground.
0: I like that, (laughs) para-camping.
6: Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and (laughs) so we spent two and a half days investigating all of these historical areas. Um, We've had apparitions like crazy and uh, a bunch of EVPs and really interesting pictures it was it was chock full of activity there and i'm going to go back one day and visit again
0: that sounds really cool all right so i have a couple questions they're from bob he's our 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 resident question guy in the chat room and he has good questions usually so i'm going to throw this first one out i'll throw this to nate so his his first question is how many people do you run into that are scared to let investigators in so it won't get worse or build up on what's already happening? That's a good question, too.
5: Oh, gosh. Um, usually we're the ones that are like, we don't want to <laughs> piss this thing off. No, kidding. But <laughs> we, you, we always just try to be very careful in every situation. Mm-hmm. I think that by the time that somebody contacts us, they're already like, we need your help. Yeah, like make it can't get get
0: worse, sure. right?
5: Right, <laughs> <laughs> and so we're the ones that are that go in there, and our job is to not make it worse by antagonizing it or by just doing the wrong thing. So I don't say I don't think very often. Although Kate, uh, Peggy does a lot more case management than I do mm-hmm. uh, with getting um, calls coming in. So okay. I don't know if you have anything to say about that, Peggy.
6: No, uh, we do warn the client that because we had an investigation. They may temporarily notice an increase in activity, but anymore, we've really gravitated towards if it's possible to, uh, if it's possible and the right solution mm-hmm. to do a cleansing while we're there. And so, really now, a lot of our feedback is, "Gosh, the house feels great now. It's so light. It's so so mm-hmm. much better." So, so we're that. That's really where we are now with that.
0: Gotcha. Now, the second question Bob has, I'm going to throw it to Peggy first, and you can then kick it over to Nate if you want, because um, w- we were just talking about cleansing. If you, if you consider a house that has negative energy or spirits and advise them to have house the house cleansed, do you ever suggest they get another group to come in for a second opinion before you take that action?
6: Um, we've never suggested that just because we bring such a broad spectrum of investigation talent and ability in Mm -hmm. if we are not on the same page and what we think is there then we we would be definitely open to that um but usually really the investigators will reach similar conclusions on what's there as far as negative I i would categorize that into negative like a grumpy old man who passed still grumpy Mm -hmm. or negative demonic and we've certainly dealt with both Mm -hmm. um a little bit humorous and probably not really funny though is that just this summer we had a catholic priest bless a whole gallon of holy water because we we've been running into a lot of these really tough uh demonic or negative cases this uh, Yeah. A handful of months. Mm Um, so, and, and at some point, you know, we don't exceed our bounds. If it it is something that really needs a, for example, like a priest or an exorcism, Mm -hmm. somebody who's well-trained and qualified
0: to do that. Gotcha. Nate, do you have anything to add to that?
5: Usually, well, not usually, sometimes we are actually the second opinion that comes in to a case and they just want a second opinion or they really didn't feel right with, you know, the outcome of a previous investigation. So we're always, you know, kind of aware of that. And we sometimes try to get in contact with the teams that have been there before and to get their impression, but only after we do our own investigation so that we don't come off, come off with just any kind of preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. However, if we do, think that a case is beyond our realm of expertise i'm definitely not afraid to refer to to someone else Uh, such as in the case of if it's somebody whose belief system um doesn't match up with somebody in our group who is capable of doing a cleansing we'll try to refer it with someone somebody in the community who will so it all depends on it's what your definition of cleansing is because as you know in uh the spiritual community, the paranormal community, the, there are so many different ways to skin the cat, how yes. to cleanse the house. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. all you have to do is just go to a paranormal fair or a metaphysical fair or a psychic fair. There are so many different methods out there, and there's so much, so many different traditions, so many different mm-hmm. faith practices, and you have to be knowledgeable. And mm-hmm. so, I try to. Have a healthy respect and knowledge base of as many different belief systems as I can. I love studying different cultures, different belief systems, different religions to kind of get, um, kind of get an understanding. And so, if people do need help, you know, I'm not going to send a priest in if they're, you know, Hindu. <laughs> yeah, that, would, that so, would kind
0: of make sense, yeah.
5: <laughs> it was just like you're putting two and two together, and it's yeah. just you just have to have a diverse team, and you have to have diverse resources, so we try to be as inclusive as we can.
0: Well, that's kind of crazy you're saying, um, Peggy, about like a gallon of holy water. It's like I just pictured like some guy with like a bug sprayer with all this holy water just spraying the ha down. It's like, my God, you know? It's like, does it really get, it can get, really get that bad? But when you're doing like the cases... That you do, and the way you go about, you know, weeding out, I like to say weeding out, so you get to, you know, the legitimate cases, because, uh, you, you know, you're putting time and effort into this. You want to make sure you're putting time and effort into something that you're really helping somebody. Uh, but as much as you can be on point on that, have you ever run across where you got into a case, and it was kind of like they were just kind of wanting to see how ghost hunters performed, and it really wasn't as much to the claims as you were yeah. led to believe
5: that is the bane of any paranormal team's
0: existence. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure it wasn't just us. So, okay.
6: Yeah. We've been uh, to a house where they had photos of Zach <laughs> on their desk and had to make sure that they showed us. Okay. We've had yeah. people invite people. To come and watch us investigate, and as soon as we walk in, it's like, mm, no. Yeah,
5: you're
0: like, you like got the show going there, and they're like the cameras, and yeah.
5: Okay. We always try to. We always try to tell clients like, please limit it to one or two people, so that we don't, you know, ruin our evidence here and our audio. And I just. I just kind of just grind my teeth and my blood boils whenever I show up to a private investigation or a residence, and it's like Party. everybody everybody's third cousin is there <laughs> to see the ghost hunters, and we're a spectacle. And it's like you feel horrible with being like, okay, you guys need to get out of here.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's the like, truth. It's like yeah, you're
5: wasting our time. We're not charging you anything. This is our time, right. and it's you got to find that fine line be- between being firm and polite. <laughs>
0: So. All right. and Now we run across this too. And I want to ask you guys this. So you get in there and you, you do your investigation and you find, you know, some of it is non-paranormal, which occasion, most of the time there's a lot that's not paranormal. Uh, but then, you know, you're left with whatever's left with after you go through the, uh, can I, can I recreate it? Can I disprove it? Do I have other answers for it? Um, do you ever get the clients where they, no matter what you tell them, are pretty much set on, no, this all stuff is really real, even though you're trying to show them that some of it might be, but some of it might not be? Either one of you.
5: I, I feel Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nate. Uh, that's the first time we've done that. <laughs> I've been trying to do like a five-second delay in between my responses to make sure no, that I'm I talked over
0: you. I usually throw it to one or the other. I just wanted to throw it out in general. I don't know what going to go for it, but go ahead.
5: Yeah, yeah, most people are pretty receptive if we are like, we haven't found anything. And we're not afraid to tell people that we haven't found anything. Um, there have been isolated cases where people were like mad about it. Yes. And they were upset that yes. we couldn't find anything. How could you not find anything? And we just go, we're not, we're not going to create evidence when there's nothing there. We, right. this is not what we're here for. This isn't a show, you know. It's like really good evidence is rare and hard to find, and we're not going to get EVPs and knocking on walls and windows every time we go someplace. And It's not like the shows that you see on TV. Those each episode is hours and hours and hours of yeah. footage that they can press into like a 30 minute episode. And sometimes people have that preconceived notion when we walk in and sometimes we just don't come up with anything. And it's like, I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. we don't, we don't have anything. And yeah. we're not, af- we're not afraid to say that
0: that's good yeah because that's like when we go in we always say okay now what do you want us what do you want us to do and what do you want out of this and are you going to accept whatever we tell you (laughs) when we get to the end you know because it has to be you have to accept that whatever we're just going to we're just going to give you whatever has happened while we are here it's not that we're questioning what you are saying we're just saying we're giving you what we found while we were here so that's that's a kind of a thing we like to do just because you know and you still run into it but at least it tries to help alleviate somewhat so, okay. So, um, we talked about the, the state park, Peggy was talking about that. So Nate, is there any particular case that really was like a, like a had the wow thing to it? Like, I can't believe this is happening kind of a deal. Cause we all get some of those where it's like, is this really, really happening? So is there anyone that you, just sticks in your mind that really was like intense or very active that you remember?
5: We, like I said previously, really good evidence is hard to find, and I remember we were investigating a schoolhouse that had been repurposed into different office buildings that were, not office buildings, but separated into different offices that were leased out to different independent businesses, but the gym was still intact, and um, this wasn't post-town school, but it was a school in Chillicothe that I can't remember the name of for the life of me. It was a couple years ago, and... You always see those things on TV where they're like, if you're here, make a knock, you know, or, you know, right. me two knocks for yes and one knock for no. And I was just I was just sitting there in an EVP session and really wasn't getting anything. But I was just we were sitting in this old kind of abandoned locker room situation and just kind of sitting there and I was getting bored. And I was like, if you're there, could you knock two times? And then it just you hear this knock, knock in the distance and I was like okay yeah that was a coincidence let's try again <laughs> and it was intelligent and it was responding and I was like this isn't this isn't happening is it and you can hear me going no way in the back <laughs> <laughs> when stuff gets gets spooky like that I'm just like okay this this is a once this is a once in a every couple of years kind of thing and you know this is what I live for and so I got really excited and so there are just some sometimes where stuff happens like that and it feels like you're in a movie and that's kind of the rush that you get sometimes
0: (laughs) so have all right so let's talk um you know apparition wise you know because those are so fleeting so you know just so not there most of the time you know have have, let's just start with peggy so you know you guys don't have to go over each other but (laughs) have you have you ever seen one have you run across one i'm not talking a shadow figure i'm talking a a a nice clear apparition of a a, any kind of a, a spirit whatsoever
6: Yes, twice. Um, Okay. And once was actually the spirit of somebody I'm I'm related to, and I, I don't like to use the word apparition with that individual. They're just, you know, they're a deceased loved one. But on a case about a year and a half ago, um and actually Nate was down there too. He was, um, you and I were at a case with a couple other individuals in central Ohio and Columbus, and we were down in the basement and we, I, I had just walked down to the bottom of the stairs and began to turn right to walk in that direction. Mm-hmm. And a blonde haired guy, about 18 or so. I mean, I can distinctly see his face and his hair and, he peeked out from around the water uh, tank and my brain knew, you know, my, my sensitivity <laughs> knew, oh, mm-hmm. my brain was still like, oh, I wonder who that is. Is that a visitor? And I, I was about to say, hey, come on out. My, You know, you, we're the, the team's here. I'm thinking yeah. it's a family member. Right. I take a few more steps and he's completely gone. And it was just the coolest thing to see that person because we actually locked eyes. I looked at him and he looked at me and I knew he was. And uh, that was so cool. That's
0: awesome. Nate, have you ever seen one yourself?
5: The only solid apparition that I have seen for more than a fleeting second is the one that I saw when I was a child that absolutely terrified me. That's the one that's ingrained in my mind and always Mm will be. Uh, I think that our peripheral vision is very acute and is a lot more sensitive than our, our front facing vision. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of the apparitions that I have seen, like I'll see a fleeting glimpse of it in the side of my eye and I'll look and go, what was that? But the the majority of the, (laughs) of the apparitions that I have seen, I see with my mind's eye and Mm -hmm. discern and discern through my gifts and through clearing my mind and kind of, opening up my mind to kind of just feeling out an
0: environment or an area right yeah well you never forget that because for me it was i was uh my mother died when uh, i was 15 she was 36 she died of lung cancer and like weeks later i saw her just like i would see you standing across the street looking at me and i'll never forget that because that was the moment where i knew okay, we need to get some answers to what's going on here because, you know, everything that I've been told about, you know, you just die and you go heaven or hell and it's all done, and, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just way more going on here than than just that. So, you know, you never really forget that moment. You know, it's always ingrained in your mind. So we only have a couple minutes left, but I want to know, like, and we'll, we'll start with uh, Peggy, since you're the founder. Um, uh, Ohio Ghost Hunters, where, where, where would you like it to be in, like, the next five years. I mean, what is your, just keep doing what you're doing or up the ante? You want to change things? What what, would you like to happen with the team and such?
6: I want us to continue to experiment with new approaches. um, From this year, we've been talking about using a drone on investigations. Mm. And um, we've also been for about two thirds a year now Also, doing some uh, private live feed when we have investigators in the premises. In fact, we just did this earlier this evening. Um, Many of our sensitives, and it was a surprise to me, but they can watch the live feed and they will pick up things as if they were there on the premises.
0: Yeah. Mm
6: -hmm. I just am fascinated by that and the accuracy of it.
0: Yeah, that's remote viewing. You can do that. I've done that. That's kind of a weird thing that happens. But so um so Nate, you're you're connected. So you you feel the same, or is there something else you'd like to get out of it?
5: I completely agree with Peggy. I would I would personally like to see more growth in the area of just Education and collaboration with one another. I'm all about I'm sure you've heard it before paranormal unity And that's that's something that I would definitely love to do collaborating with people. I have met Mm -hmm. some Wonderful and brilliant and kind people in the paranormal community that I still keep in touch with through social media that I love to follow and I love to just see what they're doing and just kind of talk to them and pick their brains and I think that collaboration is huge in in this arena because, you know, the majority of us are doing this on our own dime and on on our own time. And I think that the more opportunities that we have to work with one another and share our expertise would be amazing. And I also love to educate would be investigators. And if you like, you know, kind of if you want to get your own start, this is where you need to begin. And I'd love to just do educational sessions on that with newbies and maybe at, you know, different paranormal conventions across Across the state, who knows? The, the possibilities are endless, and I really look forward to
0: having more time to do that in the future. Cool. All right. Well, we've come to the uh, part part of the show where they call it selfless, sh- uh, uh, you know, selfless promotion. Um, you can go ahead and promote like your websites or you know where people can connect to the team or yourselves separately. Um, so if you just want to go ahead and put out whatever you want to put out, now would be your time.
6: All right. Our website is www ohioghosthunters.com We also have a Facebook page, and um, if you just put in the search bar "Ohio Ghost Hunters," you'll find us. Uh, likewise, we have a Twitter as well, and um, we have a YouTube channel. We just this fall started a paranormal blog on unsolved paranormal mysteries is called a paranormal case files Mm -hmm. and we are going to be putting together some uh, collages if you will of uh some things that we've done or recreations of some things we've done to also tell some of our own ghost stories too
0: awesome so uh i want to tell you that was really nice to talk to both of you um Very interesting things you guys had to say. I I like the way you guys uh, run your team. Um, I I do wish you guys the best. I I hope you had a good time uh, talking to me tonight.
5: Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for having us.
0: Sure, not a problem. All right. Well, maybe we'll check in with you later on in the next few years and see where you're at.
5: I look forward to it.
0: All right, good. All right. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show tonight. And you guys have a good evening. You You too. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks.
5: Thank
0: you. So there you go, folks. Ohio Ghost hunters. Um, what we're gonna do now is um we got we have correspondence coming up uh, after the break uh, with Maria Anna Vandria. We're gonna she's gonna talk about poltergeists on uh, a case in Germany. That's gonna sound pretty cool. So, um Cheryl, did you like the interview? Did you like what they had to say?
1: Why, of course? Yes, it was great. <laughs> I always Why, so. I love hearing from paranormal investigative groups around the u s, let alone. You know, sometimes we talk to, to groups outside of the U.S. It's, mm-hmm. it's really interesting, and I love to hear about how, you know, the methodologies, how they do things. Y- you know, each group does things in a, you know, their own unique way, and, and mm-hmm. I really do appreciate um, them sharing their information with us and our listeners.
0: Cool. Yes, I saw in chat, too, they said, shameless self-promotion.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Karen usually handles that part. I just, it's I okay. know, I just it's said, okay. and I
0: said, just self-promotion. Sorry. That works,
1: that works. <laughs> no, can, you can know, make it different. I,
0: I, just, I was just trying <laughs> my own way, people. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool. Um, uh, I liked them. They were, they had a lot to say, and I, I liked a lot of their thought processes that they're what they're doing. Cause they're, they're a little bit different from each other, but it seems to like really work, you know, and click together.
1: Oh yeah. I think that, I think actually it's, it's great to have different ways of doing things within the same team. Actually. I think that's, that's pretty critical.
0: Yeah. part, part of it. Well, there you go. Okay. Well, I guess we'll take a break and then we're going to, and then when we come back, we're going to listen to Maria uh, talk about the case in Germany and all the poltergeists. Ooh, that's going to be say good. Poltergeists. If it's plural, is it Poltergeists.
1: I think it's just poltergeist.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making it up as I go along. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. All right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back, and you're gonna listen to some really cool stuff. So how's that? This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. I'm your host Chucky e. G. You're listening to Mix. Al- we're on Mix LR, and we'll be right back.
2: Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine.
0: And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month,
2: Paranormal Underground magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology
0: to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions.
2: If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit paranormalunderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today.
3: Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today.
0: You are a waste. The traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer lasting Energy Star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon.
5: And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb
0: that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at EnergySavers.gov, brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. My name is Daryl E. Berry, junior longtime practitioner, researcher, and explorer of things metaphysical, mystical, and cutting-edge, and founder and director of Next to Density, a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on a Course in Miracles, and next density for my books and other writings videos interviews public talks and workshops and to schedule for consultations classes and courses visit com or nextdensity.org next density change yourself
3: hey everyone it's karen frazier co-host of paranormal underground radio in the dark thanks for listening to the show You've probably read my column in Paranormal Underground magazine. I write columns about energy healing, metaphysics, and also dream interpretation. But did you know I also am an author of multiple books about metaphysics and the paranormal? You can learn more about the books that I've written on my website, Author That's Author Karen, K A R E N, Frazier, F R A Z I E R.com.
5: This is Jack Kenna, paranormal investigator and author
0: with Spirits of New England, writer and correspondent with Paranormal Underground Magazine. Also, starting this Sunday, August 28th at 10 p.m., you can catch me on Haunted Case Files, which will highlight numerous investigations from our Spirits of New England team, as well as other investigators throughout the Northeast. Find out more at our website at www.spiritsofnewengland.org. So, you are looking for the best in paranormal radio? Well, you just found it, right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained.
3: That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal, and along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well.
0: So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, exploring the unexplained. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. I'll say it slow so you understand it. Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with How does Chucky. That Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Chucky G. Got it. And Cheryl Knight Wilson. Though so I just say Cheryl Wilson Knight. Yeah, yeah you did at the start, start of the show. Pop, <laughs> some props, man, and you <laughs> took it away.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's okay.
0: It's okay. It's okay. So what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna go to the correspondence, which would be Maria Anna Vandrio. I can say her name really cool now because I said it a million times the first time. Like, how do you say that? Now I'm okay with it. Now you're and we're good. gonna go. She's gonna talk about a case in Germany of poltergeist, which kind of fits with the theme that we have with the Ohio Ghost Hunters. So why don't you go ahead and roll that for me, Cheryl? Would you please?
4: Hi. This is Maria-Anna van Driel, Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark Correspondent, live from Germany. We are at a house of an acquaintance of us, and I believe that we have a classical poltergeist activity. Um, The man just told me that uh, a, a spirit is throwing rocks into the home... Und they are hearing in the evening uh, people walking uh, over the gravel while there is nobody
2: here. hier. draußen gestanden ja. und Ende geraucht. Und da drüben ist ja nur nicht, äh, sage ich mal kein, auf dem Grundstück wohnt keiner da drüben. Mhm. Wir standen hier und auf einmal flog ein Stein bis ins Bad. Aber es war keiner da drüben. Wir sind gleich los mit Taschenlampen haben geguckt. Es war keiner da drüben.
4: Also rocks are being thrown uh, against the windows. So we are going to find out who this uh, spirit is and what it wants. Because I believe that is a little girl and she's wearing a white dress with a ribbon and she has uh, blonde hair and she's playing constantly. I'm, I'm going to sit on the... this is the top floor. Um, i'm going to sit on the on the stairs on, on the on the all the way up to the stairs and i'm going to try to listen to the house itself and maybe we can find or hear some noises so let's listen for a while did you hear it mm-hmm. shall we go down Holy Christ! This is the problem. I found the problem. I found the problem. I believe I'm in the master bedroom, and that's the problem. I'm getting wow. I'm getting goosebumps. God, it's a little room. Uh, it's a closet, a clothing. A problem, right here. God man all over my body except for my head goosebumps it's like like I'm absorbing an energy and it's right in the middle of the bed put 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 the the EMF meter in the middle of the the, and nothing nothing yeah
3: there was one
4: Wow! Really? Wow! 1.82! It's right in the middle of the, in the bed! Be quick, okay, because I don't like this place at all. Okay, I'm alone now, and I'm standing in the dark with only a, a little flashlight, a little torch. And this is really creeping me out. Oh god, Jesus Christ. No worries. It's a night light. God. I feel it. I feel it moving. It's it's shifting. Thomas? Oh god. On top of my head, it's like uh, there's a, an, 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 a hand or something that is pushing my skull together. On oh, the back you hear Thomas, and he is speaking to the master of the house.
3: It
4: is like my skull is, is squeezed together. Oh God, my head is like, like a, a, a major pressure my head like it's going to be crushed my heart is beating like hell and it, my, my muscles it feels like it feels like a cramp like when you put your fingers in in, in electricity the bleeping sound is um, the EMF meter is going off in the middle of the bed it's
3: It's
4: still there it's still there oh god I see what it's doing why are you doing this? what is happening? why are you laying in between? And don't push your feet against me. That is really childish of you to do so. I'm only asking you why you are doing this. Are you the one who is throwing rocks?
3: 300.
4: It's only giggling. Oh man, my... Oh god. Oh. I'm, I'm sitting on a bed and I'm sitting right next to the energy and it's laying on on its back and, and it looks like a little girl and it's giggling like uh, a little bit of Dharmonic don't do that <clears throat> it's moving like a playing child and hand is pulled down with an enormous force I can hardly hold my voice recorder. My thumb is is slipping from it. I have to put all my power together to not to let my thumb slip. Okay, who are you? What's your name? Why are you giggling like a demon? While Thomas and I were upstairs in the master bedroom, one of our cameras was one level down in the kitchen. There it recorded two of the most creepiest EVPs I have ever heard. One was saying, almost in a singing sound, your death is nearly here. The other one was more in a faint whispering, saying, why?
0: That was our correspondence, correspondent Maria Anna Vandriel. And that was all about poltergeists, which always yeah. just fascinates me. Those things just fascinate me. Yeah. I've never had a – I've never been like on a – I would like to be in a case like that, you know, where it's got mm-hmm. poltergeist activity. Um, Though sometimes you can have a mixture too, you know what I mean? You can have a mixture of poltergeist activity and then apparitions and, you know, it just – it doesn't have to be one or the other. People have to understand that, too. So, yes, right. you say so. And just to
1: let you know, since then, Maria has done a a, a part two on that Poltergeist case. So, oh. uh, probably in about a, uh, two weeks, we'll air part okay. two. And so, oh, there's cool. more more coming on that particular case. Sweet. Stay tuned.
0: Stay tuned for part two of Case in Germany, Poltergeist. <laughs> poltergeist. Sorry, I was, I was corrected. It's not Poltergeist's. It sounds sounds more fun when you say that, but anyways. Um, So, what's going on with the, I know that, well, what's going on with the magazine and, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, the magazine.
1: You know me. I love talking about the magazine. The magazine is called Paranormal Underground
0: Magazine. (gasps) Really? That's a catchy name. It's catchy,
1: isn't it? Yes, it's catchy. And you can check it out on paranormalunderground.net, and you can purchase a PDF copy there or a (laughs) 12-month digital subscription where where we'll email you a pdf each month and you can also get a print on demand copy if you go to magcloud.com and search for paranormal underground you can actually get a print copy mailed to you directly and um we are working on our november issue feverishly right now and uh so we got some good stuff coming up But um, if you would like your very own free PDF copy of our latest issue, Mm -hmm. please do email me at uh, editor at paranormalunderground.net and just say, hey, can I have a free PDF? I'd like to check it out. And I will happily, I will gladly, I will ecstatically email you a PDF of the magazine.
0: That was a lot of big words right there. (laughs) And you did them well. You didn't fumble on one of them. That was nice. (laughs)
1: <laughs> thank you thank you yes we that was very we, nice thank you no, and no um so yeah we're we're still rocking and rolling with the magazine if you have any topics that you'd like mm-hmm. us to feature mm-hmm. email me that we like feedback talk to us please
0: yeah talk to us man via is of making you talk <laughs> so now did you like my article that i sent in was it okay
1: Yes, yes, and in fact, I'd, I'd like to talk about it here briefly um, okay. oh. because okay. I have just jogged my memory. Reopen it's your good. spiritual heart, love, and reconnect with yourself again. Mm-hmm. That is Chucky e. G's column for our upcoming issue. And you share some things in here, which I think is important because that's what one of our goals with the magazine is to share information knowledge expertise whatever you want to call it with our readers and Mm -hmm. just talk about this a little bit because i'd like to just promote it Uh, all
0: right well the the article is kind of based on what i i'm starting to do events and talks um i feel that it's important as far as spirits are telling me it's important and i do feel it's important also but they're kind of guiding me into getting out there using my weird quirky sense of humor and the fact that i like to talk to people to connect people into how to kind of love themselves again to really connect inward to their selves. Because if you love yourself, you can then start to listen to that inner voice, because we all have two voices and we've done this on my events. You have your ego and you have your 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 voice you should be following. I like to call them Uncle Ralph and Aunt Betty, but you know, you know, the loud one, the guy who knows everything and really doesn't, and then the other one that knows a lot, you just can't hear because the other guy's talking too much. So I like to talk about that. And, um, you know, know what your intentions are, of course, too. But those two things kind of come hand in hand and can help to guide you through life a a lot better and get you to where you need to be and enhance your life. You know, it's not going to make everything perfect, but it will definitely enhance your life and kind of get you going on the path you're supposed to be going on. So that's what it's about.
1: Yeah, and that's a, that's a little taste of the types of articles we have. We have metaphysical articles. Of course, we have paranormal articles. We are called mm-hmm. Paranormal Underground, after all. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we have, you know, columns called Inside the Psychic Mind. We have um, metaphysics and energy healing. We have haunted sites. We have uh, Are We Alone, which, of course, talks about ufology. You know, we have some col- columns about cryptids about uh haunted history i mean you can go on and on we have a lot of great content and i'm not i'm trying not to be too braggy but i really every issue that i get to put together that you guys send me your good material and articles about paranormal stuff it's Mm -hmm. it's like i just feel so lucky because well heck i get to learn a lot just by editing and putting this magazine together but then i like sharing it with our readers and and so i just thanks to all our writers and and our readers that's all i have to say
0: well, they, that's that's good. So, so let's talk about some g- g- guests we have coming up. Yeah, some we wonderful have wonderful guests.
1: Yes, we have uh, some wonderful guests. Uh, we mm-hmm. have uh, next week, November seventeenth. Please join us. We will be talking with Chris Fleming. He's a medium and paranormal researcher. Yes. And you may have caught him on TV once or twice mm-hmm. or more. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah. he's also been um on the cover of Paranormal Underground magazine a few years back and we did a great Q&A feature with him. In fact, you wrote it. Yeah. So, um it was yeah, it was it was a really really good article. And um then we will be off for Thanksgiving. That's November 24th. We will be off Okay. And then we will be returning um, for a couple more shows before taking a hiatus for about a month, mm-hmm. and uh, then we will be back. Don't forget about us while we're gone. We will be back on January twelfth to kick off the new year with some great sec- uh, shows.
0: Woohoo! And, wow, I'm a, what am I going to do with myself for like how many shows month? is that? Really, is it's that four. like four, four shows? shows?
1: Four shows hiatus. Time. I guess I
0: guess I'll go into. Do, I'll just go over and do meditation at the yoga yeah. place and yeah, yeah we'll just do that sure. we connect with those people for a while yeah. what what do you say the chance for
1: sure did you hear him for sure, <laughs>
0: for sure, show enough show enough behind me. Yeah. <laughs> awesome well that's a, that sounds like well you know you know i understand that the breaking part of it so that's that's fine you know i will i will miss you know not being on the chat on air so oh. i'll just have to do it at work or through the radio i'll just drive yes. people crazy there just drive people they'll be crazy be like will be like oh my god chuck you get could, your show back on or air, you could just trying. show up
1: on skype and just pretend like you're doing the show i mean nobody will be listening <laughs> but you know you can still do it
0: well i could connect with my phone through mix lr and just go <laughs> hello this is chuckie g is there anyone out there hello yeah you know you never know so. you never know oh yeah it's gonna be cool so uh when do you guys go on your um Your investigation? When was that?
1: Well, I don't want to give a specific date, but it will be soon. And after we get back, we will be Mm -hmm. chatting about things how it went, um, you know, what type of evidence we got, and Mm -hmm. and all that kind of good stuff. I see. Yeah.
0: See, Bob said, "Bob said I would listen if I just got him to talk."
1: Oh, Bob's so loyal. Thanks, he's um, such a loyal listener.
0: Oh, he was when he sent me his email we we're talking about. He's like, "Well, I still want to do an investigation with you." And I go, "I think that would be cool, you know, maybe when it gets warm out again and we can come out and I can I can like take vacation time
1: yeah. and
0: then actually make something set and then meet up with you all you guys. That would be that, I think that would be yeah. fun, don't you think?"
1: Oh, yeah, we're only 8 hours away from Bob. Okay.
0: Look at that. <sighs> yeah. You're only, Six, wait, only you're only 8 hours away. From- Oh, is it yeah. six and
1: a half? Was it eight? Where's, I don't know. If I so drove, it'd probably be six. If Chad drove, it would probably be eight.
0: Because <laughs> I drive look, fast. And you're getting the look from behind. Can you feel your back? Oh my of your God! Head look
1: at him. He's looking. He's scary. I know. He's like, yeah. So wait.
0: So how far is Waverly from you guys?
1: Waverly from us? How far is Waverly, Chad?
0: Kentucky, right? Four what? About is
1: four it? hours from us.
0: All right. So yeah, four hours mm-hmm. from you, and then yeah. um, assume, and then Bob, did you say eight, Bob? Uh, he said eight.
1: It's eight. Yeah, it's eight from us.
0: Okay, yeah. so so yes, Ooh. so we're talking four That's hours so for you to Waverly, and then yeah. how, I wonder how far Bob to Waverly. I think then he's saying five. About, oh, I think right, he, five. five. yeah. So you're about even there, and then for me, to so Kentucky is, I don't know. I don't know how many I hours like that. is that. I don't know, five hours, eight hours, does anybody know? I haven't sliced idea. I don't I'd know. I'd have to look and see. Because then I would just, like, I can meet you guys there. We could do, like, a, that would be really cool.
1: Yeah, we got we to arrange it in advance, because I think that place books up pretty early um yeah. yeah have like so, 10
0: people because it's like do, 100 yeah. bucks all right yeah. well we'll have to, have to figure something out because i think that would be fun maybe I'm we sure. get karen to come down and karen that would...
1: does i've been trying to get karen to come to events we got to no. get karen to come to an event nothing if we yet. If we
0: all went to that event that would be like something oh my god memorializing with photos and oh video no. like, there you go that'd be awesome <laughs> i love it all right well i guess um I guess it's you know we're, we're we're good for the show right? Anything else you like you want to add before we go? It's only a few minutes, ex- Nope, No, least...
1: no, nope, nothing to add. I guess just uh, thanks to our listeners, thanks to our chat roomers, and yes. thanks to our guests tonight from Ohio Ghost Hunters.
0: There you go. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. Join us next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and oh no, 8 p.m. Central. I'm not flying, saying flyover state. <laughs> right here in LR, of course like I just said so uh, I guess we'll see you uh, next week it's going to be a good show so you know don't snooze off come and visit us okay and uh, thanks for listening we'll see you next week good night. night. if you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark email us at editor at paranormal and until next week remember this if something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right it could just be something paranormal